Our scripture the reading this morning uh, is going to come from the book of Psalm, chapter 83. If you want to go to the book of Psalm, chapter 83, <clears throat> and mark that place for just a moment, and then turn back to the book of 2 Chronicles, chapter 20. Again, Psalm 83. You can turn there and, and mark that place. We will get there in just a little while. <clears throat> but I also want to begin this morning in the book of 2 Chronicles, chapter 12. Again, Psalm chapter 83, and uh, turn um, back a, a few books to the book of Second Chronicles chapter 20. Again, Psalm 83 uh, in the 20th chapter uh, of Second Chronicles, and I want to skip down to the 12th verse of Second Chronicles 20 and verse 12. and says this, Our God, O our God, wilt thou not judge them? For we have no might against this great company that cometh against us. Neither know what, neither know we what to do, but our eyes are upon thee. This morning I want to, to look at a portion of that verse. And I want you to think about the very idea that we are clueless. Now this morning I want to ask you something. I want to give you just a minute to kind of ponder and think about it. Has there ever been a time or is there currently a situation you are absolutely clueless what to do? Clueless about what to do? Clueless about how to do it? Now let's just venture off for just a minute. Let me ask you this. When a person is clueless, does that make them vulnerable? Now, my whole idea behind that very thought is that if I don't have a clue what's wrong with why my car will not crank, I'm pretty vulnerable to saying whatever anybody may tell me will pull this wire out of here and it'll start cranking. In other words, we become vulnerable when we are clueless. Now, I think you all can go along in life and realize is that there's many things in our life and I'm just like, I don't have a clue. I don't have a clue what to say. I don't have a clue what to do. I'm clueless. And that's, that's not a bad situation. I don't want to say a bad situation. It's not an uncommon situation for mankind to be in a place where we're just clueless. And let's go a step further than that. And I want to read that 12th verse again. <clears throat> for we have no might against this great company. We're facing something. We are destined and bound. We're going to lose. But in the midst of that, they never said we don't want the fight. They never said that we don't want the battle. They said we don't have a clue what we're going to do. But please look at the next to the last part, or the very last part of that verse. But our eyes are upon thee. This morning I know that we are a clueless people. I know there's circumstances in your life, just like there are situations in my life, when I am absolutely clueless. Somebody says, how do you fix this? Or how do you get there? Or how do you derive at that point? And I, I have to kind of give them the old emoji where it's like, I don't know, I'm clueless sometimes. Or a lot of times, I probably should confess. But in that, do we still keep our eyes on God? Listen to what King Jehoshaphat is going to tell them. Pardon the rather lengthy reading this morning, but I want to go back to the first verse for just a minute there's a time when King Jehoshaphat he kind of even though he was a good king he still had his mistakes and they were still in a time of weakness but I want you to notice that when, when, when God's people 
are facing an enemy that is about to attack them. And by the way, notice the 12th verse. There is a great enemy that is attacking us. We're not worried about things that we can crush and conquer. It's about when something is bigger than us and stronger than us, than us is when our fear begins to set in. Make sure that we keep things in perspective. What is bigger than us versus what is bigger than God? King Jehoshaphat, we're going to go back and read for just a minute, beginning of verse 1. And it came to pass, after this also, that the children of Israel, excuse me, the children of Moab, the children of Ammon, and with them besides their Amorites, came against Jehoshaphat to battle. But listen to the second verse. Now I want you to, as we begin to read this second verse, I want to ask you a question. Has there ever been something that's happened to you in your life that you did not have time to prepare? You only had time to react. It just, it happens. There's things that happen. And, and that's why we do drills in schools and, and in places because if you do something over and over and over again that when the real things happen, then you automatically just react and you react in a safe way. So here's what's going to happen. Let's read the second verse. Then there came some that told Jehoshaphat, and notice what they said. There cometh a great multitude against thee. Folks, I want you to notice today that there's a great multitude. And what I mean is, it's not you versus the world. What this is, though, is that we are facing an enemy that is stronger than us. I don't know what your Achilles heel is. I don't know what your enemy is. But I know this. Keep your eyes on God. Are you clueless this morning? Keep your eyes on God. Keep your eyes on Him even when you do not know. Keep your eyes on Him. That's what the 12th verse says. For it says that there was a great multitude that came from beyond the sea of the side of Syria. And behold, they be at Hazanon Tamar, which is in Gedi. So when you look on a map, the enemy was in their backyard. Folks, when the enemy is in our backyard, it's time to quit worrying and it's time to start putting a plan into action. Matter of fact, if you start looking at it, you would think, why do you wait till the enemy's in your backyard and then you're going to get ready? For remember what we read in the 12th verse, Joseph, King Joseph had said, I'm clueless about what I should do. He says, he says, uh, he says, for this great company that cometh against us, neither know we what to do, but regardless of my unknowing of how I'm going to do this, our eyes are upon thee. There's a lot of enemies that are around us right now, but where are our eyes at? Are your eyes on the enemies or are your eyes on God? I have to admit, our eyes swell up and get very big when we see an enemy that is mightier than us. But may I encourage you this morning and give you the great guidance. Don't get your eyes on the enemies. Keep your eyes on God. Sometimes we see the mountain instead of the one that can remove the mountain. Sometimes we see the hurdles instead of the one that can get us over those hurdles. Sometimes our perspective or maybe even we can word it, our point of view changes. We become instead of spiritual, we become physical. And all of a sudden we start looking things from a carnal, physical, maybe even a, a trying to mentally understand things. But remember what King Jehoshaphat said, I am absolutely clueless, but my eyes are on you. Today, that's what I would pray that an entire world could get to, is that no matter how clueless they are, may they keep their eyes on God. What's even scarier is, when you're clueless about something, we almost listen about anything that makes sense and hope that we can fix a problem. 
People are clueless about how to, to, to fix something in the hood or an electronic or whatever. We just, we, we, we kind of get desperate. We'll try anything, folks. I pray that we don't get desperate to try anything, but we'll always keep a dependency upon God. And let's read, if we can, the third verse. And Joseph had feared and set himself to seek the Lord and proclaimed a fast throughout all Judea. And Judea or Judah gathered themselves together to ask help of the Lord. Even out of all the cities of Judah, they came to seek the Lord. And Jehoshaphat stood in the congregation of Judah and Jerusalem in the house of the Lord before the new court and said, O Lord, God of our fathers, art not thou God in heaven? That's a question. And he's going to ask another question. And rule us not over all the kingdoms of the heathen? God, if you're in control of the heathen, can you not stop them? What do we believe? God can do anything he chooses. But sometimes he's not going to stop the heathen. He's going to give us the strength to defeat the heathen. Let's continue to read. And in thy hand is there not power and might so that none is able to withstand thee? God, why don't you just... Obliterate our enemies so that we don't have to fight the battle. We've said this before. We'll say it again. Sometimes God's not going to remove us from the battle. He's going to give us the strength in the battle. That's why King Jehoshaphat in the 12th verse said, I am absolutely clueless, but my eyes are on thee. He keeps asking another question. Art not thou our God who didst drive out the inhabitants of the land before thy people Israel and gavest it to the seed of Abraham thy friend forever? You know what we want is we want God to always be the same. And God is always the same, but we think every circumstance should come out the same. But the truth is, is that it does come out the same to God, not to us. He comes out in accordance to the will of God, not the way we want you know, we have, if this person got this in life, then we should get the same thing, folks. Remember this, is that God has a different purpose for every one of us and a will for every, every, every soul that's here. For he said, he said, if you've done this before, can you not do it again? It's not about what God has the power to do. It's about what God is, his will is to do. And they dwelt therein and have built thee a sanctuary therein for thy name, saying, if, when evil cometh upon us as a sword, judgment, or pestilence, or famine, we stand before this house and in thy presence. For thy name is in this house, and cry unto thee our affliction when thou wilt hear and help. And now behold the children of Ammon and Moab and Mount Seir. In other words, notice the people that are mounting up against the Jews, and they're going to come out and they're going to fight against God's people. Whom thou wouldest not let Israel invade... When they came out of the land of Egypt, they turned from them and destroyed them not. Behold, I say how they reward us to come to cast us out of thy possession which thou hast given us to inherit. And here's our scripture we began with this morning. O our God, the enemy's right there, he says. Wilt thou not judge them? For we have no might against this great company that cometh against us. Neither know what, or neither know we what to do, but our eyes are upon thee. And all Judah stood before the Lord with their little ones, their wives, and their children. There is a prayer 
that King Jehoshaphat is going to offer up when he says, Will thou not judge them? So all these nations had come together. And matter of fact, they had formed not just a weak uh, enemy, but there was actually a pretty strong enemy. Folks, what you and I are facing today is not weaklings. What you and I are facing today is not an enemy that we can defeat on our own. It's an enemy we need God. If you are clueless about something right now, you're clueless about what I need to do to get saved or what kind of life should I live? Should I join the church or should I do this? Should I, should I do that? You know, we have all kinds of things that, that we're clueless about. But in all of these things, do we really truly say, God, what, what is your guidance? There's an enemy bigger than me and I need help. And you know, that, that's, a, that's a sense of surrender, not just vulnerability of not knowing, but it's a sense of surrender saying, I do not know. And that's exactly what uh, King Jehoshaphat did. He, he tells him, he says, neither know we what to do. Sometimes it's easy to look like evil is winning out. Here these people have formed a foe they've created. They've snuck into our backyard. They're about to attack us and win. Why is it, God, that evil wins? Sometimes we look around us and we think, why does so much evil have to prevail? Does anybody else besides me want to ask that sometimes? Why does seemingly so much evil prevail? Folks, we've said this and we're going to keep saying this, folks. God is going to win the battle. We've got to depend on God. We've got to lean on God and we've got to trust in Him. Do we have the answers? No. Are we a people today that are clueless? Absolutely we are. But we're not clueless about God. We're clueless about how we're going to face today. We're clueless about how we're going to fight the battles. But we know, we know the one that we are going to fight it with and that is with God. And that's where our strength comes from. It says, Wilt thou not judge them? God says, Yes, I'm going to judge them, but it's going to be on my timetable. We talked about this a little bit in Sunday school. We want justice and we want judgment, but the fact is, it's not on our timetable, folks. It's on God's timetable. Things happen in accordance to God's time. What does God want and when does God want it? When you and I are clueless, we a lot of times want answers. For the, 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 the King Jehoshaphat gets to the place and he says, God, are you not going to judge them? Are you not going to show them how mighty that you are? If you've delivered your people before, are you not going to deliver them now? <clears throat> we have no might against this company that cometh against us. If you'll notice what King Jehoshaphat has gotten to a place, he realizes that he has weaknesses. Let's think about that for just a minute. Our society says you need to hide your weaknesses. Don't let people know you've got weaknesses. Folks, you have a weakness. You have an enemy that's stronger than you. You cannot win all of your battles by yourself. You are going to face, whether it's singular or whether it's plural, you will face things in your life and you will be absolutely clueless of how you're going to handle it. But King Jehoshaphat said, but our eyes are upon thee. Today, whatever it is that we're facing, that, that, that there's a great company that's rising up against us. And that's why he says, we have no might against this company that cometh against us. Why does God allow these circumstances seemingly to overwhelm us? Let's ask that question this morning. Is there anybody here today that just feels like that sometimes in your life you're overwhelmed? You just can't take it anymore. I can't handle this anymore. I don't know what to do. That's what happens when people get so 
I'm going to say nervous and anxious, we get to that point where we're clueless and we don't know what to do. Folks, we are not the first generation of people to get circumstances in our life and we're clueless on what to do. But you know what? Just like King Jehoshaphat said, I'm clueless. I don't know what to do, but I know this. I can keep my eyes on thee. Can we keep our eyes on him? We have no might against this company that cometh against us. Neither know we what to do. He didn't know what was going to happen, but he knew that God did. James tells us in the first chapter of James in verse 5, he said, if any of you lack wisdom, he said, let him ask of God. If we are lacking anything in our life, may we ask God. It says, neither know we what to do, but notice what he does. Our eyes are upon thee. Sometimes it's easy to keep your eyes upon the Lord when things are running smooth. But what about Peter when he had to keep his eyes upon the Lord and all of a sudden he began to walk upon water? You see today, when we've got our eyes upon Him, there are amazing things that are going to happen in our life. My whole desire and burden this morning is... Do not feel that you are a bad person. I cannot feel like that I am a bad person or a weak person just because we're clueless. You may not have a time in your life where you've been clueless, but there's been multiple times. I don't know what to do. I don't know where to go. I don't know how to handle the situation. I'm just absolutely lost. I've heard parents many times say, raising children didn't come with a manual. And the whole idea, well it did, the Bible I guess is the manual, but... The idea is, is that sometimes we don't know. And that's okay to realize is that we don't have the answer. But remember what King Jehoshaphat said. Our eyes are upon thee. The book of Isaiah tells us in the 17th chapter and the 13th verse. says this. The nation shall rush like the rushing of many waters. Again, Isaiah 17, 13. The nations. Remember all these people were forming up. But he said, now these nations are like the rushing of many waters, but God shall rebuke them. And they shall flee far off and shall be chased as a chaff of the mountains before the wind and like a rolling thing before the whirlwind. God teaches us that he shall defeat the enemy. For let's spend a few moments this morning in the book of Psalms chapter 83. If you saved that place, we are clueless. And you know, sometimes we take threats or situations and we, we, put, uh, we put an alarming concern that's out there. For example, you got uh, in our in national security, there's different threat levels, whether something is legit and, and how serious it is. And in other words, it's to keep you in awareness of, of what's going on. May we realize this morning is that it's a legit threat that we're going to fight against evil. And I say fight, I mean there's evil that's out there desiring to devour us. But I want to spend a little time this morning in in Psalms in the 83rd chapter. The 83rd division of Psalm, and bear with me for just a minute. There's 18 verses here that I, uh, I feel the need this morning I wanted to go through. But it says, Keep not thou silence, O God. This is the very first verse. Hold not thy peace and be not still, O God. The psalmist had got to a place where he was greatly concerned about the nations and what they were forming up against him. They said, God, if there's ever a time that you don't need to be silent, now's the time. 
So here we are. Right now we're, we're getting ready to close out the year 2022. And sometimes I want to say, Lord, if there's ever a time that the world needs to hear your presence and your voice and to hear and experience your power and might, it's right now. We, we want that more than anything else. God manifest yourself. Keep not thou silence, O God. Hold not thy peace. I can relate to the psalmist there. He said, God, you're going to have to take action. And be not still, O God. Keep not thou silence, O God. If the enemy is making all of this noise, and the enemy is creating all of this tension, and they're building up against us, God, are you just going to let us get destroyed? It's almost like the humanistic side of it says, God, are they about to get one on you? God, do you not realize what they're forming up over here? Are you not going to give us what we need to offset that? Folks, there is not an enemy that forms against God's people that God doesn't know about. He knows your enemies. He knows everything that you and I face. He knows who's just uh, on the other side, as we might say, in your backyard. He knows who is right there. He knows what it is we're facing. And even though we may get like King Jehoshaphat and say, I don't know, I'm clueless about what's going on, but my eyes are on thee. What a good place to get to in our life where we realize that our eyes are upon thee. And the psalmist here says, Keep not thou silence, O God. He said, you got to cry out. He says, Hold not thy peace. God, are you at peace that your people are in turmoil? Psalmist said that. He says, Hold not thy peace. In other words, God, we're in trouble and you're peaceful about this. He said, it's time for you to just say no. But you know what? God's going to do it on his timetable. And I can relate to the psalmist saying, God, it's not that your timing is wrong because God's timing is always just right and is perfect. But God, are you going to hold your peace? Hold not thy peace. Be not still, O God. He said, I want you to take action. I want you to take action now. King Jehoshaphat said, I don't know what I'm supposed to do. I don't know how to handle this. I know there's an enemy mightier than us, but our eyes are upon thee. It's easy to be patient when things are calm, right? When everything's soothing and everything's easy in our life, it's easy for us to say, well, just God, when you get time, make our life a little bit better or give us what we stand in need of. What happens when you're right in the middle of the storm or you see the storm right on the horizon and it's about to happen? Do you still trust God or do you start thinking, God, you've made a mistake and you've waited too long, folks. God's timing is right always on time. But the storms begin to come and a lot of times on a pretty sunshine day we would say, I don't need a storm shelter. But what happens when that storm is just right over the trees? God's still going to come through. It's just going to come through on His timetable. We're clueless about how to handle those storms. We're clueless about what it is that we're going to do. But do we really have our trust? And the psalmist said, be not still, O God. He said, excuse me, God, if you're going to act, now's the time to act. Sometimes it's easy for us to want to kind of hurry God along. But notice what the psalmist said. He goes on to tell God exactly what's going on. For lo, our God, for lo, thine enemies make a tumult, and they hate thee, have lifted up. The head. God, they're, they're, they're coming out here and he says they are making this uproar and they are, they are crying out and they are about to cause some problems. And it's, if you'll notice what happens, the psalmist is going to lay out some details to God as if God doesn't know. Folks, it's okay to talk to God. 
And I believe it's okay to tell God the details. But you know what? I believe God knew more details about the battle than what even the psalmist knew about it. For notice what he says. For and they that make they have lifted up thy head. So the enemy is making a tumult, which is a roaring. And he says, and they hate thee that have lifted up thy head. This, these anti-Jews were, were raising all this grief and this noise. And maybe even using our terminology, they was raising a ruckus. And causing all kinds of problems of that. And he was trying to say, they hate thee. So what the psalmist is saying is, God, can there be a conspiracy against the Jews? Can there be a people that despise your people that you don't know about? You mean to tell me that somebody could be plotting something against your people that you don't know about? Even right now, it is very possible that there are people that are plotting something against even the nation that you and I live in that we don't know about. But I'll tell you this, God knows all about everything that's happening. There's nothing going to surprise God. There is no element of, oh, I caught you off guard. God always knows this. For it says, they hate thee. Third verse says thee. They have taken crafty counsel against thy people and consulted against thy hidden ones. It's a counsel against God's people. They were, going to protect, they were going to battle against the hidden ones. And matter of fact, notice what happens in the fifth verse. All these people are, are, are consenting against your people. The fifth verse, you want to talk about harmony and unity? There's harmony and unity against God's people. For notice what it says. For they have consulted together with one consent. They are confident against thee. They may agree on a lot of political issues, but they were all agreeing that they were going to fight and they were going to defeat the Jews. You know, there's a lot of disagreements about, about, about humanity and a lot of things about mankind, but one thing about that evil as a whole loves to do, they want to defeat God's purpose. You know what I believe? I believe that when the Lord comes back, His church is still going to be here. It doesn't mean the church is not going to withstand or, excuse me, not going to battle against the evil and the dark and the fiery uh, nature of evil in the world. But we are already promised that we will be standing. How are we going to fight the battles? Anybody else just want to stand up and say, I'm clueless, but my eyes are on thee. That's what I want to say so often, Lord. I don't know what I'm going to do today, but my eyes are on thee. You may go to uh, whatever circumstance you may face in your life and you're like, I'm absolutely clueless how I'm going to handle the situation I'm in. But my eyes are upon thee. The psalmist begins to tell him in that fifth verse, he tells me, he says, For they have consulted together with one consent. They're, they are uh, confederate against thee. There was a great concern that the people were going to rise up against the Lord and the Lord's people. And he starts naming them. And I, I don't want to get into all these in the, the seventh verse. All of those people, matter of fact, there was a time that, that some of those, that uh, th their heads were taken off and they were taken to Gideon. That's, that's how much that, that they said, let, let them find defeat just like they did then. <coughs> Do unto them as unto the Midianites and to Caesarea, um, as to uh, Jabin and the brook of uh, Kison, which perished and endured, they became as dung for the earth. And he talks about all these things 
that they're going to go through. He said, I want them to experience these things. But let's skip down to the 13th verse. Oh, my God. This is what he wanted to do with, with, with the evil that was out there. <clears throat> Make them like a wheel, as a stubble before the wind. He said, you know, the, the wheel, as it, as it deteriorates and as it goes down the road, it kind of throws off its dust. He said, let the enemy be like that. Let them not be able to cling to us. He said, let them just be, as he says. Make them as a wheel, as a stubble before the wind. For the 14th verse says, as the fire burneth the wood, and as the flame set up the mountains on fire. He said, may the enemies of the Israelites be judged by you, O God. Persecute them. Verse 15, with thy tempest and make them afraid with thy storm. God, may your judgment make them absolutely tremble. You know, I want to pause for just a minute. You and I today, there's an enemy that's not afraid of us. But it's not us that they should be afraid of. It's God that they should fear. For I believe that there is not one that rises up against God's people, that rises up against God's cause that God does not know about. We may be clueless, but our eyes are upon thee. He says, persecute them with thy tempest and make them afraid with thy storm. Notice what he says in the 16th verse. Fill their face with shame. Let them be confounded, or shame to mean, let them be put to shame. Verse 17. Excuse me. Uh, and let them put to shame and perish that men may know. In other words, he wanted it to perish. He wanted everything to finally come to a, a finality and end so that he says that they may know that thou, whose name alone is Jehovah, art the most high over all the earth. I believe that God is sovereign over all of the earth. What does that mean to be sovereign over all the earth? That just means that God's in control of everything. You know, we talk about uh, places that are uh, non-extraditing. In other words, they're safe from, from laws or whatever. Folks, today there's not a place that you can go on the face of this earth that you're outside of the protection of God. There's not a circumstance that you can go in in your life that God is not there to protect you and help you and take care of you. There's not a circumstance in your life that you're going to face that God cannot help you through. So the next time that the enemy comes upon you and all of a sudden the servants are saying they're in our backyard, instead of fleeing and running and all of a sudden may we get to that point saying, much like 2 Chronicles 20 and 12, for we have no might against this great company that cometh against us. Neither know we what to do, but our eyes are upon thee. My prayer is today that even though we are clueless, may our eyes be upon thee. I want us to get a song this morning.